Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on Episode 8, Season 2 of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. What a round of football, Richie. Quite a few upsets with uh, plenty of bottom eight sides showing that they um, shouldn't be taken lightly. Hi, Brad. Evening, everybody. Yeah, this had a bit of everything this round. You're right. It was fun. We had bottom teams pushing pushing the top team to, to the very limit. We had a golden point game, some heart attack finishes. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. I think some of those results showed that um, the playoff can, um, some of the playoff teams got a bit of a wake-up call, um, which we're obviously going to cover in a few minutes. Um, but while we're here live on Wednesday evenings at 8pm, you can also uh, catch the show via our podcast on iHeartRadio at your convenience. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. So as always, we're going to be covering everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week, a review of the round six matches and our picks. We'll then stop and answer some of your questions uh, before we preview the round seven clashes in our picks there. And then we'll end the night um, time pending with some overseas and Super League news. Uh, good evening, Nigel. Good to hey, see Nigel. you here. Um, so remember to tune in and get your Rugby League news and remember to send comments and questions throughout the show. Uh, before getting on to the news, we did have a question um, last week from Nigel that we ran out of time for. So um, let's answer it now, Richie. The question from Nigel last week was, do you believe Brownie can wake the sleeping giant? We all know the Warriors are. Um, it's a great question, so I'll let you answer it. Thanks for that, Brad. Thanks for putting me on the spot. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think Brownie can do some good things here. I think especially with the backing he's got and with Phil Gould being being on board with us, I think it's already starting to create an environment where we're a bit more appealing, um, you know, recruitment-wise, and that's already shown with people like Reese Walsh and, and um, guys like that coming on board. Um, whether or not it brings us the trophy, I believe we're going to get it every year, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I'm not... I, I'm. 
I'm not sure if he's the guy that can get them all the way, but I think he's definitely the guy that can get them started. Um, if you look at the Knights, what he started there with the talent he was able to get in and the young guys he was able to develop and get them to a point where they're um, almost contenders. I, I wouldn't say they're contenders right now, um, but they're, they're like on that edge. They're one of those fringe teams that can either make it or, or fall out of the way. So I'm hoping he can get the ball rolling. Um, I think Phil Gould's inclusion um, to help get the development um, of the juniors sorted, I think it's going to help a lot too. So um, I, I like to try to be an optimist. So I think he can get them there. But if I had my way, we'd still have Ivan Cleary as coach. So, um, yeah, I, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping he can um, get something um, out of this team. They just need the injuries to kind of go their way, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was, that was a good question, Nigel. Thanks for that. Yeah, hopefully we um, we didn't sit on the fence too much on that one. <laughs> um, but let's get into the top stories of um, the week. Evening, Jordan. Thanks hey, for Jordan. joining us. Um, I think the first one we may as well talk about is um, All Black star TJ Perinara linked with a move to the Roosters. Um, we, we know that the Roosters are the only club that don't have a salary cap, so he's always uh, that's always <laughs> the club everyone wants to go to. Um, but what are your thoughts on it, Richie? You're, you're a bit of a rugby fan as well. Um, one, do you think he'll actually make the move? or And two, do you think he could actually do it? By all accounts, it's, it's becoming more and more likely. From what I've read, the Roosters are ramping up their, their pursuit of him and... Uh, apparently he could almost move within the next month or two. Um, not too sure. Yeah. I'm not too sure how that plays out, but I think he's got a skill set that would translate pretty well for a union halfback. He's he's one of the more rugged and, and sort of better defensively than a lot of the other um, little halfbacks running around in union. So, and he brings a lot of upside with kicking game and, and passing game. He, he's he's handy at both of that. So. Oh, and he's got he's got a good sort of um, he's got a good attitude on him. You can tell he's very professional with the way he trains and the way he operates uh, with his preparation. So I'm sure he would he would do well um, if he if he decides to make the jump. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. And I see um, Simon said if um, the Roosters pay for him, it's under salary cap. It's fine with him. And Paul's mentioned other rumours about TJ just because he's in contract negotiations with New Zealand rugby. Um, in terms of the salary cap thing, I know I made the joke. I think they'd be um, able to pay for him when you think that um, Jake friend and um, who's the other one that's just gone off the top of my head. Um, um, Jake, Jake friends retired and there's another player they've lost at the roosters. That's escaping me right now, mate. Yeah, it's escaping me as well. But there's, um, I'm pretty confident that TJ wouldn't be getting more money than a Jake friend would have. So um, I'm pretty sure they would be able to fit just a straight swap there. Jake friend's gone. He comes in. Um, in terms of, is it just coming up because of the contract negotiations? That could also be it as well. Um, but I think in terms of rugby union, I don't know what else there is really for TJ to, to do. He's he's won a World Cup. He's played for the All Blacks. There's there's not really too much else to do. There's, if it is something he wants to change, um, 
go for it. I think, yeah, he's going in as a hooker, running hooker. He can do um, he can do pretty much all. And, yeah, as Simon's just mentioned, TJ's a cousin of Henry Perinara, so leagues in the family's blood. Um, I just before we came on on air, I was mentioning with Paul that um, it's just a shame this came out at this point because if it had been a, a month or two ago, um, Cameron George could have probably called up New Zealand Rugby and said, "How about a swapsy? Um, get TJ to the Warriors, and you guys can have Roger." Um, but yeah, it is what it is. Um, so yeah, if he if he does come over, be interesting to see how he goes. Um, I think yeah, I think basically um, the dummy half role. He's not going to be a kicking dummy half for the Roosters. He's just going to be a get the ball out of the ruck quick and run when you see it's on, which is kind of what he can do now. Yeah, he. Um, you know what else would have been nice, Brad, if he came, if he came to us to get a bit of family family favoritism with his cousin, <laughs> get some <laughs> get some good decisions on our side. <laughs> I, I think we got the only good call we're going to get out of Henry Perinara for some time in the Raiders game. So yeah, I think, you're I, think right. he, I think we're done. And I think after that, we haven't really seen him riff again. So um, I don't know if that would help too much. But yeah, um, interesting. See, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that and hopefully have some more news on that whole situation for the show next week. So the next bit of news was uh, Trent Merrin. Um, currently playing with the Dragons, has announced his immediate retirement. Uh, I read the the press piece that he released, and he said he wanted to end his career on his terms, and basically um, the games passed him by. I think what he's meaning is his style of play and his build isn't really um, suited to the new game, so I think he's decided to just um, end it while he can. Um, great career he had. Um, playing for St. George, Penrith and Leeds, um, also playing for Australia as well. Um, so, yeah, great career for him. And, yeah, it's good to see uh, retirement come without a little um, a little asterisk on the side of it saying um, because of injury. So um, good luck for whatever he's deciding to do in his future. Yeah, interesting reasoning. Hey, I saw that too. The game's passed me by. You don't often see that. He's... I guess you could kind of say he's right in a sense where the game's sort of favouring more mobile forwards nowadays. Um, yeah, yeah, either and, that or um, it doesn't like Josh Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, hats off, to him. hats off to him. Great career. Yeah, I think the writing was on the wall for him the moment they got Maguire in straight away. Um, mm. They're essentially the same player, just one's a bit more quicker. And um, Simon's just commented, is it just me or are the new rules causing a lot more retirements? I think so. I think a lot of people uh, that are getting a bit long in the tooth are kind of seeing that these new rules aren't suited to them. Um, you, you kind of need to be quick enough to the pace. And if you're um, if you're not, you're going to get left behind. And, um, yeah, it's probably um, best for you to, to give it up while you can. Uh, I suppose the last thing you want is to be an experienced player that the game passes you by and you're playing reserve grade um, because you don't want to give it up. But then there's players out there like Benji who are long in the tooth and are still surviving. So um, I think pace is definitely um, a key in that. Um, so next on the news, we've got a little bit of a, a jumble up of signing news because that was basically all the news we had this week. So um, first, earlier in the week, um, early... Uh, 
last week just after our show. Carmichael Hunt signed a train and trial deal with the Broncos. Um, interesting news. I know he's been playing in the reserve grades this year already um, after playing AFL and rugby union. Um, seems to be doing all right in reserve grade, but that's a completely different level. Um, what do you think? I, I think he's better than most of the Broncos they've got just based on um, previous form. So I think they're eyeing him up potentially in a role in the halves. And I think he's probably better than their halves they got right now. Yeah, from what I understand it, it would be to play in the halves. I think if, to me it feels like um, them making a move to bring some experience into the group because they do have a very young team um, and, and they are they do seem a bit sort of thin in the halves, although on the weekend their halves actually – Played pretty pretty well, um, but yeah, uh, I'm not too sure how he'll go. I think he's getting on a bit in age, so it'll be interesting. I bet I, I bet the um, Broncos fans will be romanticizing the idea that he might come back the way he was. But yeah, he's he's yeah. been around the block, so at, at the very least, he brings a lot of experience to the table for them. Definitely. And um, continuing with the, the Broncos, Danny Levi has joined the Broncos for the remainder of this season. Um, he was a player we've talked about in the past, about potentially being the target for the Warriors to bring in with their hooker issues, but they weren't interested. And the Broncos, they lost Andrew McCulloch. So um, they've got a, a great young player to come in and replace Turpin, if need be, um, if injuries or form dictate. So um, great pickup. He's been playing really well in reserve grade in the Queensland Cup. So um, good to see him get another shot in the NRL. So I always felt he was he was too good to be a reserve grader um, and should have kept his NRL career going. Yeah, that's a fair point, Brad. And I think that kind of shows in the way he's playing in the lower levels at the moment. Like you touched on, he's been he's been going pretty good guns down in, in the lower levels, so he's probably just getting a picking up a reward because of his good form there. And and I agree with you. He's he's a player that looks like he he belongs in first grade. You know, he's he's definitely a step above what he's what he's been playing yeah. at the moment. And um, Jackson Hastings has signed a two year deal with the Tigers um, from next year. Um, bit of a shame for me because he he's playing okay in the UK for my team but um it was inevitable he was coming back to the NRL um I was secretly hoping he might be a guy the Warriors would look at but I know early on last year when the rumors started he was very um disinterested in coming to New Zealand um so the Tigers they they kind of need to move something in their halves so I think bringing him in and um possibly looking at moving Brooks on somehow um, is probably the right move for the Tigers because they're, they're showing, as we'll talk about in their game, they're, they're showing that they can compete. There's just something missing, and I think a change-up in the halves will probably be, help. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how he goes coming back from England. He was always earmarked as a guy with with lots of potential when he started out in the NRL, and then, you know, he had... He had uh, his share of problems while over here, and he's gone away to England. And by all reports, he's he's matured a lot. So hopefully, he can add something to the Tigers because, like you pointed out, they they kind of just look like they're missing a piece or two of the puzzle. 
to make them a real contender. Yeah. And then um, we've got a double double here for the Sharks. So um, the Sharks have confirmed the signing of veteran centre Will Chambers for the rest of this season. And Chad Townsend from the Sharks has announced today that he signed with the Cowboys on a three-year deal. So um, interesting to see that they brought Will Chambers in. Um, I thought their, their centres and that aren't too bad, but Chambers is kind of a free agent. So if he's there and you can pick him up, May as well grab him for some experience and um, big loss, I think, losing Chad Townsend, especially when they haven't really announced um, an extension with Sean Johnson or anything yet either. Yeah, I mean, good for the Cowboys because they they need a half that can push them around the field. They they look like that's something they're missing. Um, possibly a big loss for the Sharks, but I. I'm pretty certain they will have their eyes open on 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 one of the halves around the comp. I'm, I've heard murmurings, and I'm sure they've they're going to have a bit of coin to spend. So I think we may see a bit of a a merry-go-round with some halfbacks in the coming future. Yeah, it's um yeah. There, there's one certain halfback that seems to be on everyone's shopping list, and Adam Reynolds. Um, yep. I've heard some rumours that. He's apparently all but guaranteed to be a um, an eel. Um, yes, yeah. There's there's no facts on that. That's just rumours that you hear in the rumour mill. Um, so that's going to be an interesting development in the next few weeks, I'm sure, as more of these deals start coming around. And obviously we'll be able to keep you guys all in the loop once we find out more. Um, but before we get into the Naughty Boy Corner, we've got one more bit, which is the Warriors have granted Haynes Perham an early release um, with rumours that he'll be joining the Eels. Um, it seems to be a signed deal, but the Eels haven't announced it yet. Um, with the massive injury toll the Warriors have got at the moment, do you think it's wise to have let him go? Interesting timing. <laughs> I almost wonder how long this one's been in the pipeline. Maybe it's been in the pipeline since before we had outside backs start dropping. Um, yeah. But, you know, prior to all our injuries, Hayes isn't really getting any game time. So, you know, it's probably uh, beneficial for him. Um, he may go across and become another Papaliti story. <laughs> Who knows? Possibly. Possibly. Um, yeah, I had him in my team in my review um, when I was predicting what team would be announced um, before Tuesday. I had him in my team in the centres um, because I still thought Fusatu was out. So um, I thought he'd come in. Um, the Warriors have picked Jack Murchie. If that's actually going to be what happens is another story. We have to wait till Sunday to find out who's actually going to be there. Um, but before that, I had him as my guy to offer the Broncos to get Reese Walsh here. So um, it's not a surprise they've let him go. It's just, again, the timing. Um, and I feel like they, they've always got a reason, I think. Um, as much as the Papali stuff has been used, um, they offered Papali a deal and he said no. So they didn't let him go. He chose to leave in that scenario. Yeah. Um, and it, by the sounds of things, um, it was the last year on Haynes's deal and I think he'd basically been told he wasn't going to get re-signed um, at the end of the year so it just sounds like he's asked if he could go early um, which is yeah fair fingers crossed that he, he does well um, at Parramatta if that's where he ends up um, 
I don't really see him coming into the back line there anytime soon either. But mm. if it gives him an opportunity, um, if he wants an opportunity, he's got a chance there. So, um, yeah, good luck. And now we may as well get into the naughty boy corner. It was quite an interesting week for um, ill discipline. Um, I haven't put them all down, um, but I've picked the the big four. So first, um, fan favorite of mine, Jack Hetherington, he's <laughs> accepted a five match ban for his high tackle on Valentine Holmes. Um, normally it's a two to three week ban, but due to his shocking record, um, they've just thrown the book at him. Um, so it's we talked about it a lot last year. There was a lot of questions about should the Warriors sign Jack, and I was all for it if you could keep his discipline in check. Um, clearly, the the Bulldogs like the aggression he shows, but they've been punished here. Um, there was a few weeks ago in a game he almost ran the risk of it being on a band there too. Um, so it was coming, and I think there was some stat that. Um, for like 29 games he's played, he's missed 10. So, um, yeah, it's it's shocking. He, he, he spends more time um, in the courts than he does on the field. Yeah, he's got a bit of a rap sheet, doesn't he? I think that doesn't work doesn't work in his favour whenever he has to face the judiciary. Um, hopefully he doesn't become pigeonholed, pigeonholed as that type of player, you know. Um, we don't want to see him ending up like a... A um, uh, what was this? Hopawadi, <laughs> yeah, like with a record like that kind of thing. But um, yeah, it's just something he has to rein in because we all know, um, when he's playing well, he's big and explosive and fast for a forward. Um, the sky's the limit for him. He just has to um keep that top two inches in check. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, next one was Latrell Mitchell. Um, he received a four-match ban after contesting his grade two um, dangerous contact charge. Would have been, I believe it would have been three weeks if he pled guilty, but they decided to fight it knowing the risk was just an extra week. And, um, yeah, he uh, he didn't get off there. So um, he's off for a month. Uh, big loss for the Rabbitohs. He he was basically top of the Dally M's um, after the game this week. And um, that's basically all gone with a month off. So, um Bad news for them, but the Rabbitohs are a good side. I'm sure they they were just without him. Um, and yeah, I think Latrell, um, and Cody Walker really for the Rabbitohs are very similar to Jack Hetherington on a smaller scale. Where um, they just sometimes have brain snaps where they'll mm. do something silly and get in trouble for it. So um, they just got to work on that. Work on um, being competitive and aggressive, but not going too far. Yeah, I'd say their emotional players, uh, I think, is a good way to look at it. I mean, fantastic 40 players, but, you know, they, they can be rubbed the wrong way and, and they can be targeted by opposition, you know. Just, you know, you get under their skin a bit and they, they may do something stupid. Um, but, yeah, you could have picked... I think he was... He was being looked at for a couple of different. I think there was three or four different things he did during that game. Um, I know there was the yeah. the um, forearm to Norfolk Luma's face, um, the kick out at Ghana um, where he nearly kicked him in the face. So yeah, it wasn't wasn't the cleanest night at the office for the no. even if he was playing well. 
No, yeah. I think this ban was for the Nofaluma charge. I think yeah. he's paying a $1,500 fine for um, trying to kick Garner in the face. Um, yeah. Yeah, not a good night for him. But he also ended the night with three Dally in points, which was interesting to yeah. um, have all those issues and still get voted like the best player of the game. Um, see, Jordan's put a comment in saying, how did Radley get off scot-free but Mitchell didn't? Both innocents deserve punishment. And Gavin Goulds commented Mitchell got loading. Yeah, Mitchell had some prior offences, which yep. didn't help his favour. I I think Radley was lucky to get a get off scot free, um, but he's just got to keep his nose clean now because those points will stay on, and um, he'll be top loaded for the next time he gets his nose out of joint. So um, I think it's it's a matter of when, not if. Victor Radley gets himself in trouble again. Um, and then we've got Big Tino from the Titans. Um, he's been banned for two weeks after pleading guilty for a shoulder charge. Um, his one, we're going to talk about that game soon, but I think his one was just down to frustration. Um, Manly kind of kept the, the Titans well contained and, um, he was trying to make an impact and he did it in the wrong way. Yeah, it's a good point you bring up because that game didn't, was not going the way that the Titans previous games are going. And you could, I think you could vis visibly see the frustration. Um, yeah. But, you know, you can't go around shoulder-charging people, so he'll take a seat. Exactly. Yeah. And then um, quickly before we move on to the reviews, the last one was uh, Panther centre Paul Momorowski was charged with a three-week ban after his grade two con uh, contact to the head and neck against Tom Dearden. Um, this one I thought was quite – I was expecting maybe two weeks, but I think it's the fact, again, they fought it, so he got a little bit more punishment. Um but um, he's not really a dirty player, so I think it, it was just – I didn't think there was too much in it. I thought it kind of slid up off the shoulder. Um, but you you can't really hit um, – we still can't really hit um, a halfback and not get in trouble. Yeah, that one that one was interesting in that during the game it wasn't even a penalty on the field, <laughs> although I think it was probably worthy of a penalty. Um, mm. But, yeah um, – you know, it was quite high and late. Not nothing too, nothing too bad like um, Hetherington's, but yeah, yeah. So let's get into the the round six review where we are running low a bit on time. Um, on Thursday, we had the Panthers defeat the Broncos twenty to twelve. Um, Panthers still undefeated, but the Broncos made them work for it. Did they ever? Um, the Broncos, for me, almost were the better team for the well. For the majority of that game, um, their forwards were great. I think a lot of their forwards stepped up. Um, Tavita Pungai Jr. was was one of the standouts, but Matt Lodge and Haas were both re really good too, eating up lots of meters. And uh, and young Ethan Bullimore um, came on off the bench, had a big impact, and scored a nice try as well. Um, I think definitely the Broncos' best game of the season. Um, it was just the class of Cleary. Cleary to pull it out of the fire, even though they weren't at their best. Yeah, definitely. Um, Penrith got out of jail here. Um, they're still the team to beat, but I think this match showed that they're far from being unbeatable. Absolutely. And then we'll go into the first game on Friday with the Knights um, beating the Sharks 26-22. to 
Um, the only game we didn't agree on last week, and it went down to the wire, um, we were talking throughout the game, flicking Texas, saying, I, I told you I was right, and then like, oh, no, my bad, I got it wrong. Um, but, yeah, it was basically um, Kalen Ponga, I, I think. He kind of orchestrated the, the Knights. Um, Sharks made it look like they almost had the win in the bag, and then, yeah, um, Ponga was back there to end the, end the game. Yeah, this game was really exciting. <laughs> this was one of the hard attack finish games. Um, and I think you're spot on when you say it was, you could almost say Kalen Ponga was the difference. I mean, I think if you if this game was played two weeks ago and Ponga's not playing, the Knights wouldn't have won that one. I think I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, he came up with big plays when they needed him and that was the difference. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the Sharks, it's um, a cruel end to a hard week for them with all the, the changes with the coaching staff in there. Um, but the return of Sean Johnson this week should at least have their fans excited. Yeah, that's a that's a big one for the Sharks. They'll, they, they'll be happy about that yeah. for sure. Yeah, and then the last game on Friday, we had the Storm defeating the Roosters 20-4. to um, First half, I thought, was really bad. Both teams were playing like bottom eight teams, dropping the ball everywhere. And then at halftime, that same Brewster's team came out, but the Storm came out better. Um, yeah, just just a, a clinical performance in the second half by the Storm. It was. Um, and I think, yeah, the first half was messy and a lot of handling errors, but I think there was a lot of really tough defense as well. I think it looked like both teams came out early and looking like they wanted to get the physical edge. Um, and then in the second half, the little men took over. Uh, Harry Grant came on and had a massive impact. Uh, Pappenhausen was doing bits and pieces, although he was sort of um, hurt uh, throughout different times of the match. And, yeah, uh, they they kind of flexed their muscle in the second half and and pulled away. Yeah, and I think they showed um, what happens to the Roosters if their halves are pressured. They, they're the first team to have done it since the young halves have come in. And um, if the Roosters can't protect those two, they're going to have a long season ahead. Yeah, a bit of controversy too with, with different eight, um, players needing to go off for HIA. And I, I, know, I noticed Munster looked like he was knocked out for a moment there and he went off and came back on like 30 seconds later. But I'm yeah. sure, yeah. It's been talked about that, but otherwise the storm, you know, not too surprising for me at home. They're they're pretty pretty damn hard to beat, and the roosters with their rookie halves, you know, bridge slight slight bridge too far for them. Yeah. Then the first game on Saturday, we had the Sea Eagles defeating the Titans thirty six nil. Where did this match come from? It, it kind of made me feel better that the Warriors only lost by one last week. Um, because the Titans are meant to be so much better side than the Warriors are, and they didn't even show up. Um, Tommy Turbo obviously um, had a big impact on the game, but I think all the Manly side played a lot better. I did not see this one coming at all. I actually tipped the Titans um, for a pretty <laughs> heavy victory, and I don't know, maybe it was a little bit the Titans taking Manly lightly. Um, but also this is another game along with the Knights game where um, if you've got a premier fullback, they can make such a massive difference. And Toby, Tommy Turbo coming on didn't take him long 
in, into the first half and he already sort of stamped his mark and was laying on try assists and got a nice try of his own. So, yeah, they're, they're, a, different, they're a different beast when he's there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they go now. Um, that might have been the confidence they, they needed. Um, got a tough game this week, but we'll see what happens there um, when we go into the previews. Uh, the next game um, on Saturday was the Rabbitohs beating the Tigers 18-14 to in Golden Point. Um, this was probably um, the match of the round for me, and I think the finish made it that um, with... Um, Tom Burgess scoring a try in Golden Point, looking like he knocked it on. The ref saying play on. And as the Rabbitohs are all celebrating the win, Luke Brooks is jogging the other way and scores at the other end. And then the ref had to just send it up to the bunker and say, I don't know what happened, but can you figure it out, please? Um, with the, the bunker saying, um, yeah, Burgess had enough. Um, and as an impartial fan, I... I could have gone either way and said that he didn't have control. Um, but it is what it is there, unfortunately, for Tigers fans. But I think the Tigers, after such a poor performance last week, they definitely um, gave the Rabbitohs everything they could and almost got the victory. Yeah, they showed you can you can unsettle the Rabbitohs. Um, and they did just that, and they, they nearly executed it perfectly. They just ran out of steam. Um yeah, that finish was crazy. It was that was absolutely crazy. I'm glad I wasn't a Rabbitohs or Tigers fan um, watching that finish because I would have had a heart attack. But I'm, I, for me, I think I'm happy enough that Bird just grounded that ball. I think you play it in you know in full speed, and I think he's still got fingertips on that. But yeah, it was a fantastic game, and and again. Um, so close, but so far for the underdog, and and just a bit of class at the end got the Rabbitohs there. Funnily enough, I thought it might be a um, Adam Reynolds, but Adam Reynolds magic, and he hit the mm. big long two point field goal, and then he then his goal kicking boots and field goal boots uh, deserted him after that, and they needed to rely yeah. on a on a front rower to do the to do the job. Brad, you would have liked that. that, that. Yeah, it's you should always rely on a front rower to carry your team. So um, it was good to see. Eddie, as Simon's mentioned, they should have stopped the match with while the bunker was looking at it. Yeah, um, it was interesting that I think the ref just panicked in the Golden Point situation. Instead of going, let's go upstairs and look, he just said play on. And um, the Tigers, to their credit, played on. It just um, unfortunate for them that um, the try had already been scored. So. Um, Interesting. Um, despite the loss, I think they'll be confident coming out of that. And um, I think it was just a slight hiccup for the Rabbitohs. And um, I'm sure they'll they'll come out a lot stronger this week too. I'm sure they will. Yeah. And so the last game on Saturday, we saw the Eels wipe the floor with the Raiders, 35 to 10. Um, it's another surprising result here. Uh, I picked the Raiders, but I thought um, even if the Eels did get the win, it would be at least close. But to be honest, the Raiders didn't even look like they were in this match. It's the second match in a row where they've they've really looked bad. Um, Eels just continue to look um, really good despite their their loss to the Dragons. I still think they're one of the top teams, and um, they've just got stars all over the place. And um, I think the Raiders have to go back to the drawing board here. I I like you thought. Well, I, I tipped the Raiders, <laughs> but I didn't think it would be, um, 
you know, as as I don't think it'd be as much of a blowout as it as it ended up being, but the Eels were Eels playing really well and they were controlled well by Mitchell Moses and Isaiah Papali'i continues to to be, you know, one of the signings of the year. It was quite cool seeing him run over the top of Josh Papali'i to to get the first try. Um man, he's looks like he's come a long way. Yeah. Um yeah, great showing from him and um yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure the Raiders uh, they've made a few changes for this week's game, and I'm sure we're going to see a better um, performance out of them this week. And I think the Eels will just continue doing what they do. Um, so that leads us to the first game on Sunday with the Warriors defeating the Dragons twenty to fourteen. Um, Warriors kind of went from their worst performance of the year to their best in this one, um, with a record-breaking forty out of 41 sets um, for most of the day um, on Monday, it was a hundred percent. It was 40 from 40, but the NRL found another set in there somewhere and um, took it away. But I think it was a good game. It was the fifth win in a row for the Warriors over the Dragons, um, which has generally been a hoodoo team for them. Um, and I think they just strangled the, the Dragons out of the match when you're not making errors and, um, it's really hard um, for the opposition to try to get past you. And um, the Warriors did enough um, to get there. They improved their attack um, by a smidge. Um, They improved their defense quite a bit. And um, yeah, the Dragons just weren't up to task. Yeah, I think the biggest improvement for me was just the overall attitude. Um, You can see it on the, um, the completions, um, but also how gutsy we were because we lost Peter Hicku early. I think about five minutes in, we lost Peter Hicku and had to bring young Paul Turner in. Um, and then we lost a couple more. We, later in the game, we ended up losing uh, Pompey. You know, so we, we were um, towards the end of the game there. We, we had a bit of a reshuffled back line, but we held strong. So for me, it was the attitude that was the winner for us. Um, it was really nice to see. Yeah, and hopefully that attitude stays because they've got a big match up this week, which we'll cover in the uh, in the previews. Uh, but that brings us to the last game. Um, we probably don't need to talk about this one too much. It was the Cowboys and Bulldogs with the Cowboys winning thirty to eighteen. Um, game I, I was looking forward to the least with the um, the 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 worst two teams of the comp basically um, playing each other, and the game kind of showed um, they were both patchy on attack and. Um, the Bulldogs really only looked like they were going to get into it after Jack Hetherington was sent off and they had to play with 12 men. They started a comeback, but the Cowboys had already done the damage early and then they scored one more try to end it. Um, so the Cowboys look better, but um, I think they'll be back on planet Earth this week when they play the Raiders. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I agree with you there. But yeah, it was a bit of a lackluster game and... I guess we can just focus in on on the big talking point of the on the game was Hetherington being sent. I was interested in what you thought, Brad. What what did you think that was the correct call to be a send off, or maybe a sin bin would have been sufficient, or do you think maybe they just it's Hetherington? So see you later. Yeah, I think a sin bin would have been more than enough. Um, but yeah, due to his history, I think he was always going to get the worst punishment. Um, if it had been someone else out there um, that did it, that had a, 
a, a squeaky clean record it probably would have just been a a sim binning but um i don't think it was really going to matter the bulldogs weren't going to win that match anyway if they had 20 players out there so um yeah, wasn't too good. So that was round six. Our picks, we only had one different, which was um, the Sharks-Knights game. So Richie got five out of eight this week, and I got four out of eight. Um, so our totals, Richie's in the lead once again at um, 32 out of 48, and I'm one behind on 31 out of 48. Uh, having a quick look at the table there, Panthers, the only undefeated team still, they're number one, um, followed by the Rabbitohs, Eels, and Storm to round out the top four. Um, followed by the Roosters, Dragons, Titans, and Warriors to finish the eight. Um, Raiders, Knights, Sharks are just below them at 19-11. Manly's jumped up after that impressive win to 12th. And then you've kind of got the, the bottom feeders with the, the Cowboys, Broncos, Tigers, and Dragons. Out of them, I, I think it's really going to be um, Cowboys, Broncos, and Bulldogs now fighting for that spoon. Um, depending on how the Broncos go, I think the Tigers will will climb up a bit, and the Dragons will fall. But unfortunately, they're not going to fall that far. It's just nice seeing the Warriors sit in the eight there, Brad. Yeah, exactly. So, um, any questions from the audience there, Paul? Oops, got my hat. Dear me. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, we had a couple um, earlier on. Um, so Gavin Gould wants to say, what do you guys think about the signings this week? Uh, the Hastings to Tigers and Townsend to Cowboys, very interesting signings, he says. Yeah, I think both of them will strengthen the teams they're going to. Um, I think we mentioned it earlier with Hastings, it'll just be how we adjust coming back from the Super League. But we're seeing with the Raiders with George Williams, he, he came into the NRL and came out pretty strong jackson's already had experience there before um i think yeah i think they'll both do well yeah i agree um what's even more interesting is the um the other halfbacks so you've got adam reynolds um dearden and also the broncos apparently looking at mitchell moses if dearden moves on to the cowboys so more interesting halfback um movements that come i'm pretty sure yeah yeah, I'm sure we're going to have lots of news in the upcoming weeks about that. And uh, we, we were talking earlier, Bob, we were talking pre-show about uh, a young player leaving or being cut from the from the Warriors. Um, Nigel Phillips says, with a few of our younger players moving on these past few weeks, do you see it as a Kearney effect with not enough done to develop them in way to bring out their potential while he was in charge? Yeah, I think um, the biggest issue the Warriors have had um, for like the past four or five years is um, their lackluster junior program. Um, a lot of these kids, like the Haynes Perrins and that, um, we don't have a good enough junior league in New Zealand for them to play and get better. Um, so they're, if they're not playing for the Warriors, they're not really doing much. I, I didn't think much of their um, the Vulcans... Um, like feeder club area so i think with um guild coming in and building that that's going to get better but a lot of these kids the only way they were going to get better in the nrl is by leaving as we've seen with papali'i um chance and the like so um yeah it, it probably just means you're going to end up paying a million dollars to get him back here when he's a superstar Cool, that's all the questions um, from the uh, live chat, guys. 
Cool, thank you. And um, we're oh, running no, a bit low on time. Oh, any new developments in the latest Parramatta scandal? I don't know if we're allowed to talk about that one, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't heard too much more about the um, the sex tape scandal. Um, so yeah, okay. I'm not too sure. Um, but yeah, I'm sure if we can get some more information, um, we'll let you know. We won't be putting out the videos, don't worry, guys. No. But we're running a bit low on time, Rich, so I'll leave our questions for later on. Um, so we'll just go straight into the round seven preview and our picks. Um, Thursday night, we've got the Panthers and the Knights um, playing at Blue Bet Stadium. Uh, I've got the Panthers um, here for a win. Um, I think I've lost you for a sec, Richie. Sorry, so. Um, Looks like Richie's uh, being being cut off. He's not he's not paid his um his his phone bill. Not, not paid his bill. Um, so I've got his picks here anyway. So we've both picked the Panthers in this match. Um, the the next match we had um the Titans versus Rabbitohs in the Gold Coast. Um, we've both picked the Rabbitohs here. Um, then the next game was the Eels versus the Broncos in Darwin. Um. We've both picked the Eels. I think the Eels are showing they're still too strong. Um, first game on Saturday is the Sharks versus the Bulldogs. Um, we've both picked the Sharks. Um, no big surprise there. Um, second game on Saturday is the Cowboys versus the Raiders. We've both picked the Raiders. Um, first game on Sunday because of Anzac Day, um, they got three games on Sunday. So we've got the Tigers versus the Eagles. At Bank West, we've actually both picked the Sea Eagles, so um, that win last week was enough to change our our decisions on how they'll go. Um, before the Roosters play the Dragons, we've both picked the Roosters. Before we end the game, uh, end the rounds um, with the Storm versus the Warriors in their annual um, Anzac Clash, we've both picked the Storm here. Um, it'd be great to see the Warriors get a win here, but traditionally on Anzac Day, they um, they don't go too well, so. Um, for our overall picks again, we've all picked the same, so it means Richie will be in the lead again next week. Um, will be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, you're, you're, you're just too kind. You had the, the, the perfect opportunity to, to really um, change his picks, change all his picks, and uh, and boy, see Richie, he, he's just too nice to you. Um, you've, you've come back just after he's finished it. He could have ditched you, yeah. but no, he was he was uh, he, he, he was very good. Thank you. Yeah, I was just going to say he, he just he just messaged me to say that there had been a power cut in, in Wellington, which is why he disappeared on us. Um, but yeah, I just went through the picks and um, I had your picks anyway, so um, it was it was weird you picked all the all the teams that are underdogs, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Um, so before we before we leave, um, yes, thanks, Simon. We've got um, Kettle and Dragons with improve have improved. The last couple of weeks and um both halves um yeah they um they actually played quite well in the challenge cup which i wanted to go over last week but we ran out of time so round three of the challenge cup um went as follows we had castleford tigers defeating um hull kr 33 to 32 wigan defeating the york city knights 26 nil salford wiping the floor with wins vikings 68-4 St. Helens defeated Leeds 26-18. Um, Catalans defeated Wakefield Trinity 26-6. Hull FC defeated Featherston 
34 to 14. Warrington defeated Swinton 32-8 and Huddersfield defeated Lee 36-18. Um, the winning teams there go into the quarterfinals, which will be playing on the 7th and 8th of May. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, and then, yeah, before we go, we had the Super League round three results. So Wigan defeated Leeds 19-6. Um, Castleford defeated Lee um, 52-16. Um, St. Helens defeated Wakefield Trinity 34-6. Hull KR just got out of jail against Huddersfield 25-24. Ben Catalans, as um, Simon mentioned, had a great game, defeating Salford 46-6. Before the last game was a draw with Hull FC and Warrington Wolves going 14-all. So, um, yeah, Catalans have been playing really well. Um, That's kind of expected. They kind of always be there and thereabouts now. Um, Got a great squad. Um, so that's really all we have time for tonight. Um, hopefully we answered all your questions. I see Simon's got his predictions here, so we may as well say those two. Um, he's picked the Panthers by eight, Titans by two, Eels by 10, Sharks by eight, Raiders by six, Seals by six, Roosters by six, and then Warriors by four. Good so, man, um, Simon. Even, I, I really hope you're right there. Um, Me too. The only pick I... The only pick I really like getting wrong is if I pick against the Warriors and they win. Um, it's kind of a a, a better a bittersweet um, victory there that I got my pick wrong, but the Warriors got the win. So, uh, and I see Nigel. Uh, yeah, thank you for joining us. And um, you've picked the Warriors by one. Um, Warriors win will be a great end to the the round. Um, so fingers crossed there. So um, thank you all for joining us tonight on the standoff with Brad and Richie. Um, for your weekly update on Rugby League, tune into our show next week at 8pm here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Thanks again for joining me, um, Richie, and good night, everyone. Thanks, all. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 